Hey, good morning. My name is Kelty. Um, welcome to Friends Church. The job that I have this morning is to tell you a little bit about our charitable giving program. This is the opportunity for you to give back financially to the church to help support all of the costs and expenses that it takes to bring Sundays to you, to bring the rest of the week, to be out there in the community um, improving lives and bringing, bringing water to the folks around us. So there's a couple ways that we can bring financial water to the community. One is through what we call preauthorized giving. That is, it gives you a chance to go onto the website and you can indicate that you want to just attach your credit card to that and once a month, that'll just come right off your credit card. We'll also do one-time donations and you can do that right through the website too. As well, there's a black box at the back if you like it old school and carry a check or cash. Um, neither of which I've used in probably, I'm going to go with three years, probably for sure. Um, but there is a box at the back that we can do that and make sure that you'll get a tax receipt for that. This morning, um, once we're done here, I'm going to give you an opportunity to head back out and refill your coffee, meet a few people that you may not have said hi to in some time or maybe have never met before. As you came in this morning, I see a number of you are carrying brown bags of delicious treats. I see a number of you held tight to your willpower and did not buy those delicious treats. So now I'm going to applaud you for the willpower, but tap into your community spirit and ask you to go back out there and visit that table. Uh, all the proceeds from the um, purchases from the table this morning go to support Brown Bag in Calgary. And uh, so we would love for you to take this chance the next couple of minutes, head back out into the lobby if you'd like, grab yourself another cup of coffee, peruse the treats table, Vince warned us this morning that we were to not buy all the bread. I told him I couldn't make such a promise and that he would have to hurry up and buy his bread. So he has showed me his bag. He's got the bread. Go ahead and buy all the rest of the bread they got on that table. Um, yes, yeah, so have a good morning, and we'll call you back here in the next couple of minutes. Thanks so much. Right on. Well, once again, good morning, everyone. I'm Jeff. Happy you're here with us this morning. Good morning. Great morning. You're in Calgary. Ooh, man, we got a heater out there. It's beautiful. <sighs> Let's just breathe for a second, can we? Let me ask you something. When was the last time you, uh, you, you sat down to kind of focus on a project? Maybe it was a task around the house. Maybe it was something at work. Sat down to your desk. You had plans to get something done. And man, I don't, maybe an hour goes by and you find yourself doing something completely different <laughs> and you're all around and it's like, oh, wait, I was, I was planning on getting that thing done. How did I end up over here? Have you ever kind of tried to focus on something and it's like your mind... Your attention, everything is just conspiring against you. It's like every ounce of energy it takes to try to do it, and it's like not working. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that feeling very well. Man, it's like my mind just starts squirreling, and I start thinking about all these other things I got to do too. And I go, oh, oh, geez, I forgot about... And then I'm... Hmm, 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 hmm realizing that this is, this is not a unique Jarvis thing. This is something that is being experienced more and more and more in our society today. Back in 2020, 
after watching this documentary, maybe you've seen it, called The Social Dilemma. Someone said, you got to check this out, Jeff. remember watching this documentary about the, the power of social media and some of the forces that are work behind it and what it's doing to us, perhaps without us even realizing it. After watching it, I devoted a morning to talking about the impact of just our electronic devices and what they're having on us. I remember at the time, there were a lot of people that were kind of saying, careful, Jarvis, don't talk about my precious. (laughs) (laughs) I had some people say, I don't even want to think about that stuff because it's scaring me. It's scaring me with my kids and what I'm watching there. It's a very sobering tale but what seems to be happening societally, globally, with the invention of the smartphone and, and social media. Now, we, here we are three years later. And I, at the time, I did that message on electronic devices because I knew I had a problem. And I told you I had a problem. I was looking at the time I was spending on this thing and the way it was pulling me. Most of my day, when I start squirreling, it's because of this thing that I feel drawn to it. Here we are three years later, and I'm here to tell you that I don't think my problem's gone away. In fact, if I'm really honest with you, I think my problem's gone worse. New research now is suggesting that the sheer overload of information that's predominantly being pulled off of electronics, whether it's screens of whatever that we're being exposed to on a daily basis, could be having a dramatic and negative impact on our attention and our focus. It's not because you're lazy. It's not because you're undisciplined. They're saying there are forces at work that are now completely diluting our focus. Our ability to pay attention. They say that our attention spans are shrinking at an alarming rate. Alarming. I was reading a book uh, recently by New York Times bestselling journalist Johan Hari uh, called Stolen Focus. Maybe you've heard of this. It's a bestseller. Hari admitted as an author he was experiencing this very thing that I'm talking about. He could barely be away from his phone, so scattered, trying trying to stay focused. And he began becoming suspicious that this this was more epidemic than anyone was suggesting, than anyone was talking about. So he went on a massive research trip, interviewing over 250 different leading scientists on this very topic all over the world. And he wrote this book. I'm telling you, the book is disturbing. It's not fun information. Back in the old days, in the, in the Bible days, they would have these prophets that would stand up and say, I need to tell you about something you're not seeing yet. Something that's happening because you're on this trajectory. And the prophets were almost always wanting to be killed for their message. 
People hated what they were saying, but the prophet could see stuff going on and he would, he would be saying, wake up, pay attention, can you see this? And in some ways I felt this book does this and in some ways I feel like maybe this message today is designed to do a little bit of that. He talks about this lack of focus, stolen focus that he thinks is, is becoming epidemic. He would say much like obesity. Obesity 50 years ago was a non-thing. 50 years later, it has now become one of the leading causes of so much, so many problems in our world. He thinks we're, on, we're right there with this stolen focus issue. And I don't know about you, but I am feeling it. I don't know how many times I've sat down with, to have a conversation with Kathy. And partway in, my mind starts squirreling. She's telling me something. She might be telling me something very serious for her. And it's like, no, no. I start thinking about this email I didn't set off. I notice a piece of fluff on the floor over in the corner. I start thinking about the Stanley Cup finals. Is that tonight? You know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, no, not now, Jeff. Not and all of a sudden, in the middle of that conversation, she might ask a question. She might say something that's eliciting a response, and it is blank. There's no response. And she can immediately tell, I am, the lights are on, but no one's home. I'm somewhere else. And instantly, she shuts down. And I can tell this shutdown, and I'm like, hey, hey, uh, uh, sorry, can you repeat that? And she's like, no, it's fine. It might not be a big fight, but the moment has been stolen away. Have you felt that before? Someone's talking, and all of a sudden your phone buzzes, and it's like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. sit down and have some quality time with your kid and that thing starts happening. Or the TV's on and something exciting starts happening and your kid feels it. How many moments are being stolen? You have an encounter with someone revealing something even about your own life. Maybe you've had one of these moments even in here on a Sunday morning when something Something, something, something out there, something more starts going on. And you feel a little bit of an internal alarm. Have you had that? Where all of a sudden it's like, Jarvis, pay attention. This is for you right now. You know you got this. And you're sitting there listening. You're going, oh man, I, uh, yeah, I, I gotta do, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do that. But man, within moments of walking out of here, squirrel and that thing, that moment, that decision, that that, that alarm that set off that said, you need to do something about this now. Gone. And then maybe it's months later and someone says something and you're, you're triggered and you go, oh, I was going to. Totally lost sight of that one. I've had these moments where 
something happens, this moment, and I think about someone, I'm going, oh my God, they're going through something. I got to call them. You haven't had one of those? Oh, I got to reach out to them. Squirrel. And then it's too late. Ah. How many sacred moments are being stolen? This problem is widespread, and if you look around, you'll notice that it just seems to be crescendoing. As I've been studying for this message over the last few weeks, it's amazing how much I noticed this conversation, ADHD, Now that I've said that, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, watch over the next few days how many times you see people talking about that very thing. The drugs that are being involved to try to help medicate people who are struggling with it. Talk of being over, people being over medicated. Too many kids being diagnosed with it and perhaps don't have it. Focus, focus, attention spans dropping. People trying, trying hard. It's everywhere. Let me tell you why this matters. Because to be honest, you got ADHD and you go and get some medication and it helps you, great. Uh, You get a little focus, great. That helps you. Let me tell you why it matters to me and why I think this conversation has to happen here. Is because our ability to focus and our attention span, I think, is highly connected to your spiritual life extremely connected. In fact, if you look through the stories of our spiritual ancestors, most of these moments that I'm talking about happen because these these spiritual moments happen because our senses are on high alert. I'm thinking about Jacob, this character in the Bible you can read about. The guy was a little bit of a shyster. He, He was screwing over his brother, he, he, he goes through this whole thing to try to get kind of the firstborn rights blessing from his father who's about to die. He pulls off this master scheme, really underhanded. His brother wants to kill him. He runs for his life. His mom literally saying, you need to leave because this is not going to go well. And he runs. He's running for his life. He ends up in the middle of the wilderness, embarking literally on a new chapter of his life alone. I can only imagine the conflict, the stuff that's going on, going, oh, geez, was that really worth it? Why did I do that? What, what is my life going to become of now? I mean, I, you can just imagine. He's alone, and it, the story says he lays down one night to sleep. He puts his head on a rock and falls asleep. And while he's sleeping that night, he has what I would call a thin place moment a moment when the supernatural, the spiritual realm becomes so real. He has this dream and it's like God is looking at him going, it's not over for you. I got, I got good plans for you. We're going to figure something out and turn something bad into something beautiful. Jacob wakes up from this dream and it's like all of a sudden he's like, Oh, something's going on here. It's like he could tell something more was going on than just a sleep, than just a little dream. He said, 
I think God's here. And I, w- I didn't even see it coming. I wasn't even aware. But I'm aware. I got my eyes open. Oh. There's a story of Moses. Moses is just this farmer, rancher, sheep herder. He's out tending to flocks in the middle of the wilderness. And he sees a fire burning, maybe like a wildfire up in northern Alberta. We don't know. But there's this fire burning. And he walks over to the fire. It's this bush that's on fire. But he starts looking at the bush. And normally a bush, when it's on fire, starts turning black and smoke starts coming off it. And you see that thing starting to shrivel. And he's looking at it. He's going, wait a second. That's not true. That bush is not burning. And in the middle of this moment of intense focus and awareness of what's going on there, a voice comes out of nowhere and starts talking to him. It's a character God in the story. And he says, I've got an assignment for you, Moses. It was that moment that he was invited into this life-altering opportunity, mission to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery. If you look throughout the stories, it seems like there was these spiritual moments that happened only because people's eyes were wide open, their senses were on alert, their spidey senses started tingling. They're going, ah, something is going on here. Interesting, Jesus often would be talking to a group of people like this, and he'd look at them and say, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him who has eyes to see, let them see. At different points, you'd say, what's sad is there's people who are hearing me talk. They're seeing me do this thing, but they're not comprehending what's really going on. Their senses have grown dull. The spiritual journey thrives on our ability to pay attention to focus, to be in the moment. And wisdom would say, guard your attention. Guard your ability to be able to be aware of what's happening around you. Interesting, Hari, uh, in his book, he talks about three different kind of types of focus that he kind of put together through all his different interviews. He says, the first kind of focus, and it's maybe what we think of most easily when we talk about focus, and that is like kind of a spotlight focus. Just imagine for a second, you are attending a massive concert. You're in this massive auditorium, and then comes that moment, the lights go out. And all the people, oh, you can just hear the crowd going, oh, here we go. And everyone's getting into their chairs. They're, they're getting ready. And the, the excitement starts. And then all of a sudden, boom, the spotlight comes up right on center stage. And there's that good-looking performer that's up on <laughs> the star of the show. And, 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 all, and the crowd just leads to it. But everyone's focus is drawn to that one spotlight. Hari says, this is one important aspect of focused attention. It's being able to focus on that project, focus on that conversation, see the body language shifting, 
the emotion in the voice. Perhaps it's, 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 it's just paying attention to a, a couple of things that converge in one little spot, and there you are going, yeah, I can see, I'm laser. But he said there's another kind of focus. He calls it starlight focus. Starlight, he refers to this like almost like the North Star. This is kind of a high-level focus. These, these, these stars that can be like our values, our principles, our long-term goals, who it is we want to be. In times of confusion and trouble and stress, it's so easy sometimes to get lost in something that we forget who we are. And we need a starlight. We need to be able to look up and go, wait a second, who, who am I? What is my life supposed to be about? Ah, there it is. That's, what am I doing here? What, I, I got spun out. I was thinking that was north. No, that's north. Okay, that's starlight. We need to be able to see these kind of guiding principles and be able to focus on them as well. But he said there was one other type of focus. This was really fascinating to me. And he calls this daylight. This is when all the lights come up. This is our ability to be able to see all our surroundings. He gave it this name because it's only when a scene is flooded with light that you can see all the different things in perspective. How do you know you want to embrace that hobby? Well, maybe perhaps it's because you've seen some other things around you and you're going, wow, that really resonates with me. I think I'm going to pursue something like that. How do you, want, how do you know you want to be a better parent? Perhaps it's, it's only because you've watched a few parents and what they're doing, what they're experiencing with their kids. You go, yeah, I do want that. How do you know what is most valuable to you? Maybe it's being able to look back over your life, the timeline, the history, and looking at all the skills that you've, you've acquired, the, the line that you've been on, the, the, the different situations you've come through, and you're going, I know this about me. All that come through, this is when I'm happiest. I need to pursue something like that. Yeah, daylight, this wide macro perspective and focus allows us to snap in what we're doing today, where we're going, who we're becoming. Three different kinds of focus. Make sense? Wisdom would say that our focus and attention is needed desperately on all these three different levels. But we're losing the war. Now, I hate talking about bad news unless you're going to give me some solution, right? Don't talk to me about how bad things have gotten and that my life is kind of messed. Don't tell me my phone has screwed me up. And I'm... Tell me how to get out of this thing. That's why I found myself reading this book going, come on, get to it. This morning, I want to talk about three particular things. He mentioned 12 different things that can be... The good news is our focus can be restored. Science points to an, things that will turn this baby around. Now, there are some people who are predisposed to ADHD who need medication in order for this. To, and I've talked to some, even within our own community, where medication has literally changed their lives. 
So I'm, I, that is above my pay grade. But for many of us who don't, wouldn't necessarily be de- prescribed or diagnosed as ADHD, there are things we all can be doing to kind of laser in and be able to widen on these three different levels of focus. Let's talk about them. The first one that Hari speaks of, no, I shouldn't say the first one, one that really struck me was he says, we need to consider limiting the amount of intake of information that we are absorbing on a daily basis. Because there's a lot of data that's going out. You know, at one point in time, maybe you'll remember this, there was a speed reading course that was going out, many of them actually. The common thinking was, there's so much information that's coming out, if we can just read quicker, we can digest all this information. But they have since proven, they've taken some of the fastest readers on all, at all different ages, they have proven that after a certain point, all speed reading, the comprehension is just getting thrown out the window. They are not able to digest everything that they're taking in. There's a maximum retention rate. There's a maximum limit that our systems can absorb. It's interesting, he talked about just the sheer amount of information that is being sent out. Back in 1986, all the information, they, they kind of started taking all the different stuff that's being churned out on a daily basis. So you think about newspapers, TV, radio, reading information, the number of books that are coming out. They said it was equivalent to about four, if you think about an 86-page inf- uh, newspaper. At the time, in 1986, there was the equivalent of about 14 newspapers that were being put out into the atmosphere per day, 14. In 2007, so this is 21 years later, that amount of daily information had grown, had increased to 174 newspapers, the equivalent, 174 newspapers a day. That was 16 years ago. Exponentially, I can't even, I wish I knew what the 2023 number was. But you think about the advent of podcasting, online blogging, online material that is coming on stream. You think about the news feeds, the Twitter, the social media, all the different sources of information that we are absorbing. When there's so much content, scientists are saying there is no depth. There is a massive amount of shallow surfing that we're doing. There's no sense of real connection to that comprehension. Everything is forced to stay shallow and disconnected. So we're scrolling, we're podcasting, we're absorbing all this information, but it's bogging down our mental and our emotional systems. And I would say our spiritual systems, our compass, our awareness, our spidey senses, bogging, slowing it right down. Hari asks, are we right now attempting to speed read life? Skimming along the surface without really gaining any greater understanding of what any particular event that we're reading about, that we're learning about, actually means to my life, to my journey, to my role in this world. 
It's like we're becoming hoarders of information and we're jamming our house full of all this data, all this information, and we have no clue what we're going to do with it. And as a result, it's diluted what we're even aware of on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment, conversational basis. Are you hearing me? Or is your phone buzzing and you're distracted right now? (laughs) He would say, Hari would say, would you consider capping the amount of information that you're processing on a daily basis? Would you consider carefully how much time you give to scrolling, to screens, to reading, to podcasting? Because you can only absorb so much. And then it becomes a hazard. I was thinking about this, ironically, a podcast I had listened to a number of years back. The guy was talking about the loss, the detrimental loss of boredom. Do you remember? Even as a kid saying, Mom, I'm bored. Where has boredom gone? You think about it for a second. What happens when you're standing in a line, a long line at the grocery store? Huh? Maybe you're at the dentist's office. And the reception says, just, just take a seat and uh, your hygienist will be here in a moment. What happens? You're sitting at the terminal, waiting for your flight. We just reach to our phones, don't we? Yeah. And we fill up every second with something. Because there's always something we can do. This guy says, oh, we have lost the ability to create space. It's funny, we have a dog, and uh, I never grew up with dogs, but later on, the kids wanted a dog. We got this dog. Of course, the dog becomes a parent's dog, right? And the dog needs to get walked, and so uh, I will take our dog for a walk often. And uh, normally, my pattern has been, I just make sure I got my phone on me if I'm walking alone, and I can throw in an earbud, or I, if I'm out in the middle of nowhere, I'll just turn on speaker, and I can listen to a podcast. I can, it's not wasted time, right? It's productive. One time I got out on a walk. I was already about a block, and, I, and it was cold out. And I realized, oh my God, I've got my phone. I was already freezing, but I'm like, do I go back? And I'm in this moment where I'm going, I can't do it without my phone. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but, I'm like, ah. but I did it anyways. I, t- I soldiered on without my phone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was a rare hero moment of Jeff's. But it was weird what happened. You know, I'm talking to my dog. Dog's kind of looking at me like, you all right? And then I start thinking about things. And it was weird on this walk. 
I had this particular conversation I had with someone in my mind that I had had that week. And there was this one thing that this person said, and I'm not going to talk about the thing, but it was sticking out in my mind. And I was thinking about it, wondering if she meant something more. And then, weird, all of a sudden, I remembered another time when she said something similar. And it was like, wait a second. And then I remembered her partner saying something about the same kind of thing on a completely different mo- And all of a sudden, I, s- I saw something I didn't. I never realized. And it was like, I think it was a cry for help. No, I'm just walking my dog. But it was like dots were getting connected in these Weird about these things. I, I didn't even tell my mind to go there. My mind just wanted to go there. Perhaps my heart, I, don't, I, I can't even explain it. Have you ever had one of those moments? Maybe it was in the middle of the night where you were lying awake and all of a sudden your mind just started to go to something. Some situation, some concern, whatever. And all of a sudden in that moment you start, did you know that scientists now are finding that this daydreaming, this this time, this space where we just stop stop, stop doing with agenda, stop. They call it daydreaming. In fact, they call it mind wandering, where you allow your mind to go wherever it wants you to. They said it is not just idle brain time. Actually, a different part of your brain lights up. And it starts processing all the data you've been shoving full of. And it does start connecting dots. It does start processing and saying, what does that mean? What did she mean by that? Was there something to that? That article you read, that service you sat in, where you felt something tugging at you, what was that about? Oh yeah, forgot about that. That book you read, oh, that moment when your kid looked at you and said, I'm disappointed. What was that about? In this mind-wandering space is where somehow magically something happens within us where we start making sense of our world and what we've just digested. So Hari would ask, When was the last time you left your phone on the table intentionally or in the car intentionally? When was the last time you turned off no notifications and said, no, this next hour, this hour in the gym is mine, free? Mind-wandering, another practice that will regain our attention, sharpen our focus, give us an ability to stay in the moment, 
One last thing, piece of advice Yoan Hari gives. And we've talked about this before. This isn't the first time. But he would say, do one freaking thing at a time. One thing at a time. Small study investigated how long the average college student actually pays attention to anything. <laughs> this was mind-blowing. They hooked up a whole bunch of hardware onto their computers to track how long they stay focused on a particular task. You know what they found out? A student would switch tasks every 65 seconds. The median amount of time they focused on any one thing was just 19 seconds. Now, I know you adults are going, oh, those rotten teenagers. They studied adults, too. And we weren't much better. The average adult working in an office will stay focused on one task for an average of three minutes before Felt that? This is really concerning because there are studies now that show that when we are focusing on something and we get interrupted, and you've heard us talk about this, you're in the middle of something and something interrupts you. Can I talk to you for a second? Hey, bzzz. Oh, what? It takes, on average, 23 minutes to get back into the zone to where you were focused on that original task. 23 three minutes. It's what they call switching cost. You wonder why you're not getting very much done in a day? Mm -hmm. You add to this switching cost the screw-up effect, which they say every time we switch, we bounce to another task, and then we come back. We forgot what we were doing. We make errors. We, we forgot, and, and all of a sudden we jumped a step. We, we left something out. So there's a screw-up effect. Then there's a creativity loss. They say when you start switching tasks, creativity plummets. Our ability to create deep and, and think deeply out the window. Switching. There's a great, work, uh, great book on this. I read about, a, I don't know, a couple years ago that is fascinating. If you're in a kind of role where you're needing to think deeply about stuff and you're struggling... Pick up Cal Newport's book uh, called Deep Work. All that to say, task switching overloads our brain and kills productivity, they say, by up to 80%. And you think about the average college student coming out, switching every 19 seconds. You wonder where we're headed. We've known for a long time that multitasking is almost a myth. We lose focus trying this thing. This is why unapologetically... We say, get into the gym for one hour. Give us one hour and turn off your freaking phone unless we tell you to look at it. Because I'm telling you, we know what it does. And I'm sorry, I know there's people listening to us on the live stream right now that are going, I can't be there on a Sunday morning. Then I'm gonna beg you, if you're live streaming this or you're podcasting this, there's a lot of people that are saying, I just podcast while I'm at work. I go, oh, please. You need to know what you're doing there. You're not really listening to this, nor are you really working effectively. Creating space, pick your heels. You say, oh, I can't listen to everything. No, you're right. 
pick your heels carefully and do one thing at a time. I mentioned the example of a kid texting or talking to you and telling you, you know, I'm, I, I don't like it when you do this, right? I don't like, my son texted me um, last week, real honest text. He shared something I'd done that had hurt him. Ah, that kills. I so much appreciate the text, though. He's just being open and honest. He said, Dad, this, this stung me. And I was tempted to just respond back with an apology text. But I'm realizing now I need him in the room. I need to see his eyes when I apologize. So I said, will you give me time next week? I want to make this right, but I want to talk this through. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask any questions you want. I know you didn't feel like I was talking to you about everything. Let's talk. What's scary is, had I not been immersed in this topic, I would have just dealt with, fired that off and considered it done. But I get a moment this coming week to log eyes with my boy. And I think something divine is going to happen in the middle of that. We need attention. We need, we need an ability to be able to sit and be in this moment. This is the spiritual game. It is the game. Eyes wide open. Jesus says, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. Don't be among those people whose senses, whose vision has grown blurry, hearing, hearing has just dull. So that when that moment is happening, that burning bush, that conversation, that cracking in the voice of that person, that opportunity to help, you're not just like a zombie walking by it. <laughs> but you are wide awake. That is my prayer for you this week. I don't know if one of these three things that I talked about stands out to you as something you could do. Maybe you've got 40 other things you could do to improve your focus. Sleep, didn't even get there. And we've talked about sleep. You don't get sleep, you don't get focus. Anyways, pick one and do something this week. And may your spiritual journey Come alive as you find those opportunities right in front of you to make a difference in your world. That's my prayer. All right. Vince is up next week. Oh, I got, we got this beautiful song to end with. Oh, come, come, you guys. We're going to close the service. I hope and pray that you will do something with this message, that you won't get squirreled when you walk out the door that you'll think through your strategy right now, even as this, as this song plays. Maybe you've been hunkered down, you've been staring at your toes. I pray you will, you'll pull down your umbrella and you'll look around 
and you'll see what's truly going on around you this week.